Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion lights that pilot light under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well pay attention to this podcast that you hear is streaming in HD So fine tune both of your ears And Stan and Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth The sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here of franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. That's Badland. A God Stan, I love our jingle. I think I'm going to have a hard time looking at a new one. I love it. I just cannot believe how much he just encompassed everything we do in such a short period of time. And, of course, I'm talking to my co-host, Stan Friedman from Atlanta. I can't get over how every single week it's like you're hearing that for the very first time. <laughs> You're loving it so much. Every it, week it's it, like it you really haven't heard it before. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to share that with Badlands, and, and uh, I know it'll make him smile. We ought to get him on with us sometime just for grins. What do you think? I, I think that would be great. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'd love the, uh, the – I would love to hear his perspective as to, um, you know, what he was thinking when he was doing that. Because, like I said, he encompassed it. I know you only gave him a, a short little bit of information. And he turned that into something as if he had been in the industry for a while. All right. I'm going to give Eric Badlands Booker a call. And um, maybe we'll get him on here in a week or two. And just because you're such a groupie and he's such a guy who loves people who love him, um, we're going to get him to say hi to us. And maybe he'll do another little ditty for us live. Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm sure it would be great listening to him uh, just spin that out. I think it would be great. Hey, Paul, I want to open today with a – I think it's appropriate to open up today's podcast where we're going to be talking about kids and children and education. Um, I just came back from two and a half days of hanging out in Atlanta with seventeen or 18,000 high school seniors as DECA – uh, hosted their ICDC, their International Career Development Conference, here in Atlanta this week, and uh, I got the opportunity once again to um, to perform the role of a mentor on Sunday with their graduating high school class of uh, about 700 kids, and um, and then to be part a participating judge on Monday in the entrepreneurship 
franchising competitions, which is just an amazing, amazing event where these kids that are of the 17 or 18,000 that are here, not all of them are focused on entrepreneurship or franchising. There are several different verticals that DECA covers, food service, hospitality, merchandising, marketing, fashion. But there are several hundred kids that are competing in a franchise business plan concept whereby they have to write a 30-page business plan with financials and and write up on a franchise brand that, that they would be standing up in front of a judge and presenting their pro forma to, defending their plan and making a 15-minute presentation on why the judge acting in the role of banker should loan them the money to start this franchise. Um, what a great experience, Paul. You know, it's, it's one of these things that's right with America, and we don't get to see enough of that on the news at night, so I love to share out and report on it here. Um, these kids are amazing. They come in khakis and blue blazers and Oxford button-down collars and ties, and uh, they take this business of franchising seriously and, and this competition seriously. The winner of the event, which took place last night, don't have the name yet, but the winner of, last, of this year's competition will be named at the next IFA convention as the next Don DeBolt scholarship winner, which is a $10,000 scholarship. So it's serious business for those kids, and I'm happy and proud to tell you that some of our our franchise brethren and sisterhood here in Atlanta participated in this judging with me was Barry Falcon um, of iFranchise Group, Mary Heitman, president of IFA's Franchise Education and Research Foundation, Cassidy Ford uh, from FRM Solutions, uh, Christina Chambers, VP of Franchising for Huddle House, a former DECA student, one that I mentored 10, 12 years ago, is now part of the global franchise group family, Sean Goldsmith. Um, speaking of GFG, um, Great American Cookies' own Doc Cohn was here judging with us, and of course yours truly. So it was quite an event. I think there's no more appropriate a week for us to have a bit of a, our time spent talking about kids as uh, we'll be doing with our guest for the rest of the, of the hour today, Paul. One other thing that I just wanted to, um, to bring forward that's near and dear to my heart is some information that I saw published this week in IFA's Smart Brief, reprinted from Black Enterprise Magazine, where according to uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, they teamed up again with the IFA this year and the Educational Foundation to produce some statistics on, uh, based on the U.S. Census Bureau's 2012 survey of business owners, and it takes a look at minorities and women in franchising over the course of the, uh, of the last census. And some eye-popping statistics were revealed in that 30.8% of franchise businesses in 2012 were owned by minorities, up from 20.5% in 2007. In contrast, only 18.8% of businesses not franchised were owned by minorities in 2012. And so this is a, it's a big uptick. And when you break things down by race, Firms run by blacks had the biggest gain in the percentage of businesses operated as a franchise within the minority, ethnic, and gender groups. Those black-owned firms grew to 4.8% in 2012, up roughly 66% from 2.9% in 2007. Our own uh, IFA CEO, Robert Crisante, said the franchise business model has solidified its place in our economy as a stable job producer and an opportunity engine and is uniquely situated to affect 
serious change in local communities by encouraging employment for those who need it. This report demonstrates how the franchise business model is working to meet the future challenges of a rapidly growing and diversifying franchise sector with shifting demographics, instituting a way of living that achieves a dream for millions of Americans. And Paul, the numbers were equally as strong with, um, with the number of, of the percentage spike in terms of women getting into franchising as well. Um, they found that a third, 30.6% of franchise businesses are owned by women, increasing from 50% in five years. So minorities and women alike are represented in a very strong fashion in the growth of the American dream. And these numbers are based on the 2007 to 12 census. So we've all got to believe that in the six years since, those numbers have grown even further. Pretty inspiring stuff, Paul. Very inspiring. And I'm sure we're going to continue to see uh, some of those trends at the upcoming International Franchise Expo in New York City, where we'll get an opportunity uh, to actually see each other. And I almost had a little bit of a heart palpitation the other day, Stan, because <laughs> I saw that our beloved Katz's Delicatessen in New York City, the iconic brand, uh, had a fire, but uh, it was only a minor fire, and they were only closed down for a short period of time. So I look forward to uh, sharing corned beef and pastrami with you in New York City, along with uh, some of the other great times that we'll have together in New York. So um, definitely made my heart skip. Couldn't imagine that iconic brand <laughs> leaving, considering that Carnegie Deli is no longer with us. So yeah. um, over to a, a lighter note, uh, want to just you know tell everybody you know, safe travels to the restaurant finance conference. Uh, next week in uh, Las Vegas, and of course, you know, coming up, we have the legal symposium, and kind of just slow down a little bit, and then, of course, hit the IFE in New York, which I'm looking forward to, uh, a great event, uh, especially the way MFE Expos and the IFA pair up together to produce such great events. So turning to today's show, uh, it's entitled The Bright Light Shines in Childhood education. Uh, the quote that I found is, I think our parents wanted, and we continue as well to want, to reach as many children as we possibly can with our program and enrich their lives. It's such a great feeling when you have a parent that is literally in tears coming up to you and talking about how much their child has learned over the years and how they're ahead of their peers going into school and that really gives them an edge. And, of course, that's from Michael Brown, the president of Children's Lighthouse Learning Centers. Michael, welcome to Franchise Today. Well, thank you very much. You know, um, we've had, you know, well over 300 guests uh, over the years and the nine years that Franchise Today has been on the air. And I'm always extremely interested when there's a family component to a business from a startup changing, uh, transitioning through generations. Uh, it's kind of a passion to me. Uh, I've written articles on stuff like uh, what would pop do uh, talking about family succession plans. And, uh, and I know your family, your, your father and your uncle, I believe uh, founded children's lighthouse. But before we jump into, you know, what the brand is about, why don't you take us back to a point in time, uh, wherever you want to go back in time, because 
as we often say on the show, we never wake up one day in our life and say, you know, I think I'll go into franchising. And sometimes that's a very uh, interesting path and journey uh, that we take. And yours is probably a little bit um, more interesting because you started working in the business at, at a very young age and, of course, uh, have taken over the reins. So take us back uh, to that point in time and, and move us forward to where you are today, and then we'll talk about um, the brand from a consumer perspective. Absolutely. Um, so my father and uncle, Mike and Pat Brown, founded Children's Lighthouse in 1997, and they had heard that there was a, a need for educationally focused quality child care. And so they started doing uh, quite a bit of research into the industry. They were very intrigued because we have a very close family. They have a strong passion for children and education, and it sounded like something that they would really um, would really excel at. Uh, they researched for a good two years on um, what was in the industry, what new trends were happening, uh, and really were able to gain – some innovative ideas to create the blueprint for Children's Lighthouse. I, at the time, was in, in high school. Uh, I've got two younger brothers as well, and it truly was a, a family business. We have uh, – my dad, dad and my uncle were, were running the business. My mom and my grandmother uh, helped out quite a bit with design and, and setting up our, our schools. And me and my two brothers uh, were, were involved doing – whatever was needed, anything from uh, watering trees to basic ba- uh, building repair maintenance type things to uh, handing out a lot of flyers uh, when we were young. So it was a, a great experience and something that I feel helped, had a huge impact uh, on me and I'm sure my brothers as well growing up with that uh, type of environment. We um, you know, I, I think the, one of the, the main things that they saw, you know, they had the passion, and they saw a, a, a great opportunity with the, the changing uh, in, in workforce habits. They, they noticed that the uh, young children population was increasing. In fact, I think the under five population was project, is projected to grow uh, from 2000. 2000 all the way to 2050, it's, it's going to grow about 50% or, or over 50%. And they noticed that uh, many uh, families now had uh, two working parents, which um, I think it's about 65% of mothers with a, uh, children ages six and under are currently in the workforce. So they saw those trends and noticed a need for, for what they um, were coming up with. Uh, I was uh, heavily involved in the company starting out, uh, went to the University of Texas and and obtained a degree in finance. Uh, Very early on, my dad and uncle uh, would would have loved for me and my brothers to to work at Children's Lighthouse, but they also said they want us to do what is right for us and, and what we're interested in. So... I didn't have, um, you know, the, the mindset of, of coming straight to Children's Side House. I had uh, heard all the horror stories of family businesses and, and didn't know if that was the right angle for me. 
but I, I decided to give it a try. I knew just from being around you know, family and the team that w- they had in place, it was a, a, a great, uh, great experience and um, very, a very exciting time. So my last two summers in college, I came back to, to Fort Worth and worked at our schools and at our company headquarters, um, it, basically doing uh, every, you know, every, anything and everything. Uh, my, my main focus, however, was with our uh, now vice president of operations, Donna Prince, um, in going to each one of our schools and locations to provide quality assurance uh, type, you know, checking procedures and, and policies were, were being followed correctly and providing training and assistance to the teams there on getting our um, you know, getting our operations run as, as well as possible. The uh, a funny story is the the very first day I came to work, uh, Donna had had given me kind of a, a strange look as I was walking in into one of our schools, and we walked to the back office, and she pulled me aside and she said, "You know, I, I know, um, you know, you're you're coming right back from college." But we have a policy of no open-toed shoes, and, and you, I know you're wearing shorts. And you know I think it would be best uh, to have a, a more professional look. We're representing the company, and we want to do that in a professional manner, which I completely understood. I said, I, you know, that was completely my fault. I, I understand. And from then on, I uh, came to work dressed uh, in a in a very professional manner. From then on. So it was, um, you know, great working under her and learning the how how the the, the schools operated, uh, everything from classroom management to um, the actual uh, front office management to our computer softwares. I uh, became uh, once I graduated uh, from college, I came back and. Uh, at that time was was fully uh, committed to to working with our team and 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 helping the business grow and so i did uh, continued to do uh, more operational uh, work uh, at the the school level but also starting to do some more accounting and finance uh, type work which which was more of my background um and and really uh, progressed in almost every aspect of of the business we um, started with company locations, um, uh, started from that one in 1997 all the way to, to nine locations. Uh, but partway through, um, we had a location in Houston, Texas, and some people, uh, individuals had, had uh, seen the location and toured it and were uh, very impressed and called up one day and said they wanted to open a franchise. And at that time, there was um, no, you know, structure set up, infrastructure set up for franchising. Uh, there had been some consideration in franchising, but it was very early stages. Um, and so they they let that individual know that, you know, in the future they they are possibly franchising and and will reach out to them. Uh, but that individual was was very very insistent on uh, they had to uh, open and operate a children's lighthouse. So after uh, a lot of convincing. We uh, scrambled together, got the franchise agreement set up, and and put uh, some infrastructure in place to to operate and and to start the the franchise company. 
so that's that's kind of how so we'll talk um, we'll talk a little bit about the you know the franchise model here in a bit you know it's interesting that uh how this has evolved and of course you know being in the Houston market myself when um um Bailey from all points PR um uh, recommended that we speak to you today uh I kept thinking children's lighthouse children's lighthouse where have I seen that and uh Ironically, it's in the same parking lot as um, my mom's uh, senior home where she's living. And, you know, pass by it every day because I don't have, you know, children of the age that would go to um, your facility. But in researching this, you know, I've seen some different things online, and I guess uh, originally it was, you know, promoted as a, as a daycare model. But it really is much more than a daycare model from what I continue to read. Give us some insight from a consumer standpoint of what, you know, Children's Lighthouse brings to the table for their children. Yeah, doing and, and doing their research before they opened the first location, they noticed that parents didn't want just – or most parents did not want traditional daycare um, in, in the sense that it was, but wanted something more educationally focused and something that – um, had, had a strong uh, quality program aspect of it. So when they were designing the blueprint for Children's Lighthouse, they incorporated uh, a very strong curriculum, a culture uh, of the highest quality, as well as uh, several different innovations in the industry that were either uh, not currently in the industry or were just beginning to uh, to be uh, seen in the industry, uh, so, you know, some of those were our uh, video uh, parent video system, where parents can uh, log in at work and see their children uh, having fun, playing, and, and knowing, having that peace of mind that their child is safe and, and having fun while they're learning at at school. Uh, we also, you know, have a, a very s- strong emphasis on safety. We uh, implemented from the very first location a magnetic locking system on our, our doors so that the only way somebody could get in is if the parent had a key code to type in and, and get get in the building. And then from the franchising side, we we know uh, knew that it was going to be very important for us as well as the franchise owners to to dive into their numbers a little bit more and, and benchmark themselves. And so we created an intranet um, from the very first franchise that would track several different key performance indicators and allow us to follow up and, and make sure that they're on track as well as give those owners the ability to compare their information against other centers um, and notice if they had some areas where they needed some improvement, we were able to to talk to them through it or, or go provide some different type of trainings in, in, in whatever that uh, that field was that they needed some assistance with. We're going to come back on, on the franchise side of the business in a few minutes. But first, Mike, let's talk more about the consumer side. Um, what What is one of the driving forces that brings a mom to to you guys? What is, if, 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 a parent was sharing why, with a friend, their kids should come here. What would what would we hear in that conversation? Well, so it, it uh, I, I believe you know our biggest differentiator is is our program, our not just our educational curriculum, which is uh, has a strong focus on education, 
but not just um, intellectual education, but also emotional um, and character value education. So we have designed a proprietary curriculum over the last few years with some input of uh, highly knowledgeable and, and uh, some really uh, smart people um, to to match children's learning abilities and, and styles of learning with the different children and, and where they're at. So our curriculum is, is um, I feel like, uh, m- more engaging and adaptive than most of the, the curriculums that we've seen in the industry. Um, there has, has been a ton of new research over the last few years in ways that children learn and, and how best to provide uh, certain teaching techniques for those children to, to learn in, in, in a way that works for them. So we have designed that curriculum with, with that in mind and, and helping each different type of child, um, child type of learning to, to get that um, to get that learning based upon those needs, as well as being adaptive. You know, we want to adapt to the certain uh, child as well as the communities and, and what parents are looking for. We have um, a lot of the new technology that has been coming out of the, the, the last few years, which we, uh, we, we noticed right off the bat would be, uh, would be extremely helpful for parent communication. There are um, many third-party vendors that uh, work with uh, iPad or, or tablet uh, to get communication from parents on how their children are are doing during the day. Everything from, you know, when they uh, the younger ones go to the bathroom to what they're eating, uh, as well as what they're learning, and that allows you to take pictures and send, uh, a, you know, a funny picture or or an excited child as they are drawing or or, or you know, writing their their name maybe even for the first time. So, uh, parents have have uh, you know love love this uh, application, and and now many of the the, uh, the things that not only did we open the, the doors with, but a lot of the new technologies and, and processes that we've put in place are now industry standards. So, uh, being on the the forefront and, and in a, constantly innovating has helped us keep that edge and and allow parents to to get um, more value out of out of our program. Um, and again, going back to the the emotional um, and character value aspect of our curriculum, I think that is something that is is so important in in today today's world. Um, as you had mentioned earlier, it, it's it's such an amazing feeling when when you hear from parents and they tell you about how their their child read a book to them for the first time and there's so much pride and happiness in the parent and the child is so engaged and, and interested uh, in going back the next day and learning more and um, it, it's those type of things that uh, really hits hits home but then also the stories that you hear when when parents tell you how uh, emotionally intelligent their their children are how much they've learned in interacting with with friends and making friends and being respectful to their teachers and and you know just basic core um, values that I feel have have started to get overlooked in today's society so um, you know we we want a a completely well rounded curriculum that will you know cater and help children develop their their intellectual brains as well as their bodies and and their best behaviors so um you know, having having that curriculum uh, and, and program that we we have designed has really been a, a differentiator. 
before we go into our half break, I just wanted to piggyback on that as you continue to bring up the emotional aspect. What are the age ranges of the kids that are enrolled in the program, and what is the interaction between those age ranges? I, I would I would wonder whether or not some of those emotional learnings may come from kids looking up to some that are maybe a little older than they are. Tell us a little about how that looks. Sure, sure. So, so Children's Side House um, ha- ha- caters to children ages uh, from as young as six weeks all the way to an after-school program uh, of children six years to 12 years old. Uh, the the you know majority of our our, our classrooms are are broken out by age. They are um, you know infants, toddlers, twos, threes, fours, as well as the after school school um, program that has children that that does have uh, different age age ranges. But uh, the you know the design on having a curriculum and a a, a lesson plan focused on where that child is uh, intellectually and emotionally allows those children to get. Um, you know, move up to the next level and, and um, have an, an age-appropriate learning environment. Um, so many times you see uh, some great content, great curriculums, but if it's not age-appropriate or engaging, the children won't won't learn or retain that information. So um, they there definitely is interaction. We have, uh, especially for the the younger children, we have um, certain systems in place to help help integrate them into going from the youngest infant room to uh, all the way up. Um, and in, in our infant rooms especially, we uh, have a uh, – it's a half wall so that the younger children can listen to the older children and the teacher in the older children's room. So when they um, – when they go, when they get older and go to that next room, they they already have a comfort level with that room and 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 what goes on in that room, and and they know their teachers, their new teacher's voice. Um, so uh, there's also a um, you know a focus on uh, outside play and and the playground. We have um, a, a very um, a large and, and and focused playground where children can. Uh, kind of refresh, take a break, and um, you know, just just be children. They uh, they need some time to to just have fun and, and be children. So um, that's a, that's a, another focus of our program is is as having that well-rounded focus. You're listening to Franchise today, now in its ninth season of podcasting. I'm Stan Friedman, along with co-host Paul Segreto, talking today with Michael Brown, president of Children's Lighthouse. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where Paul and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Franchise Foundry fosters sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with all the guidance needed to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, along with their expanding list of clients, at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, 
offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospects and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified, too. With FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. Michael, thanks for uh, taking us on the journey to uh, where we are today, uh, where you are today as well, as well as the consumer perspective uh, for your brand. Shifting gears to the franchise side, tell us what the day in the life of a uh, Children's Lighthouse uh, franchisee looks like uh, on, a, on a daily basis. What does the day in the life look like? Well, um, you know, it starts with uh, finding the right franchise owner. Um, that is is extremely important to us, um, as as this industry has carries a lot of responsibility. Um, many of these locations have over 200 children that they're that they have in their care, and it can be it can be stressful and uh, very uh, intensive. So we want the right person to lead that team. Uh, Looking, looking for franchise owners, we want somebody with with some business experience, uh, somebody that can that ha- that has that skill set of, of having a managerial personality and um, can can manage their their team, but not um, necessarily mic- micromanage. Uh, as long as they can set the goals and the expectations and and allow their team to to follow that out. Is, is where we've really seen the most success with our franchise owners. The um, many of the franchise owners do not have uh, industry experience. We um, one of the one of the things I think my my dad and, and uncle said many times is is starting out they got really lucky to, to be frank. They had uh, business experience and they had. Uh, experience in real estate and construction, which really helped out on on you know loca- finding a location and, um, and and that getting the pre pre opening stage, but they didn't realize how uh, difficult um, and re- you know heavily regulated and, and how much responsibility uh, childcare and, and education is, and so they were um, extremely lucky in finding some some highly talented and um, very experienced uh, people to to lead that operations team, which um, for a franchise owner is is completely different because they have the franchise model to rely on and they have our our uh, experienced staff to help them. Uh, our, I, I'm confident in saying that I, I feel like we have uh, the the best and, and high, high, most highly skilled staff in the industry. Uh, our, our team has over 150 years of industry experience combined. So, uh, if there's 
that's a challenge or if there's something that comes up, it's a very rare occurrence where they have not seen something like that happen uh, and, and can, can give feedback or advice on uh, how, to, you know, how to respond to that. So we're not necessarily looking for industry experience in, in a franchise owner, but it's more, more of a business type of mindset. Um, and, and once you know, that, those, that group or individual is, is heavily vetted, we, we go through a, a strong process of, of learning about them and, and also um, providing them information so that they can look at our concept and process and make sure it's the right fit for them. And if we feel that um, they're a great fit for us and, and they're, we're a good fit for them, um, we will um, we'll start working with them on, um, on getting their children's lighthouse open. So that you know, I think that's that's where you have to start is, is having the right person for for the job uh, of leading leading that location, and then you know, kind of like I said, their main goal is going to be to set goals and expectations for their management team and letting them um, run away with it. Most of their time will be spent either, either um, you know, going over their, their finances and accounting, uh, helping with marketing, being the, the face of the franchise, getting, getting out into their community. Child care is, is very um, uh, community-driven and, and oriented, so it's very important to be heavily involved with, with the community, most of our owners have young children themselves, and in fact, a lot of them have told us that's how they got into uh, child care and, and even found us just by either having a child at one of our existing locations or uh, seeing a, a need in their area for a quality uh, child care um, school. And um, so that, uh, that those owners have the the passion and, and the uh, ex, you know experience with with young children and and that I think is um, the other the other key component along with their uh, you know their business skill sets but just having that passion for children and education and wanting their you know school to to have the the best program and provide the best uh, experience to their their children that they that they're taking care of so that's um, you know that's that's going to be their main uh, focus uh, the, the head of the, the head of the team driving the culture. Michael, there's, um, you know, many of our listeners that, that listen to franchise today, you know, hear about franchise brands that I guess would be a little bit more typical. And what I mean in that is they, the candidates work through the process and then, um, they're awarded the franchise go through training and many times they're open in 90 to 120 days because it's typically, you know, maybe a, a, a retail center and there's just build out on 1200 square feet. And obviously with children's lighthouse, I mean, this is a pretty good sized facility. So what happens between the time that the franchisee signs their franchise agreement to the time they actually open, I would imagine it would have to be a significant amount of time that, that transpires in between. So what is the franchisee's role during that time period? It is, and that, that is uh, the most intensive uh, part, uh, I, I would say, um, is finding a location, getting financed, and then um, getting open. Ours is quite a bit different going, uh, going instead of going into 
uh, a leased lo location, but uh, we, we do everything ground up. Uh, have to find the right location for our um, the, the the schools and the communities that they're looking into, and, and we have really refined that process over the last um, you know 15 years. It started out as not not really a franchise company, and so there was no focus on franchising, and it it, it was just a, a very slow and steady growth, having uh, two or three franchise. Uh, franchise franchises awarded each year to uh, have, getting you know getting a little bit more uh, interest, and then uh, the decision was made probably in 2010 to to focus on franchising and uh, hire a a team that would manage uh, the you know awarding process as well as the uh, pre-opening process. Um, I actually moved over to the franchise side of the company around that time. And, and have been uh, part of each different role. It, it is. Um, it, it can take quite a while. It, it depending on certain factors. Um, you, you definitely want to find a, a great location. That's going to be uh, extremely key, uh, along with the you know providing uh, the best operational experience. You, you've got to have a great location. So we have an intensive site selection process, where uh, it, and that that will be the starting port point for the franchise owner right after awarding. In the old days, we used to have just a huge binder that had uh, a ton of information that was uh, needed to be gathered to, to decide on what locations were the best and, and if it was um, a, feasible, a feasible location. Now that binder is, is an electronic. We use a, a, a third-party um, vendor that uh, handles that process for us, and it, and it keeps everything organized and on time so that the owners can evaluate uh, all, all the different uh, demographic information and, and competition analysis and, and all the other type of um, information that is, is needed to, to look at for this industry to find a, a, a you know, solid location. I, having a, a background in finance, was you know, familiar with business plans and projections. So as I transitioned over, I... Um, mainly focused on helping our franchise owners obtain financing, which uh, is another uh, you know, very key aspect of uh, what we do. I, f I feel like we, um, look, starting off uh, in franchising, we wanted to provide the best experience and help, uh, help our owners uh, as much as we possibly could, um, and I feel like we're at the top of our industry in, in providing that support. Um, so we will uh, help them tailor uh, their specific situation to uh, to uh, you know a business plan and, and a pro projection uh, analysis for for their lenders to evaluate we have um, several uh, great um, uh, relationships with with lenders that have been with us for a long time um, and have been able to provide uh, great assistance to the franchise centers um, and then we also um, bring in uh, operations very early on in the process now so that the owners are uh, aware of what will need, you know, need to be done at at the time of opening and and even before opening. Um, there's a you know a, a detailed timeline of of certain items that need to be done and focused on, as well as preparing for for the next uh, step in the process. So um, it has become a, a lot more systematic than it was in the past when we were a, a much smaller company and and had. 
you know, maybe a staff of four where one person kind of did did it all. They answered the phone and, and uh, talked to talked to potential franchise owners as well as you know set them up with a bank and uh, and and then um, you know would kind of help them get open. But um, now we have a staff of 15 that uh, has a lot more um, you know specific roles. We've got a, a you know marketing team now that helps uh, the, our owners before they open the doors um, get. Uh, know get their marketing plan in place so um it is it has really come a long way and um you know we we are uh committed to providing the best pre-opening uh, as well as operational experience that we possibly can so the other side of that coin is while it takes a tremendous amount of effort and time to get a unit open on the other side of the coin when we look at the successes of franchisees in your brand and the financial performance representations that you report in your FT, FDD, well, we see some pretty exciting numbers there as well. You want to spend a minute telling the audience a little bit about those? Absolutely, yeah. No, and we feel that uh, support uh, is directly correlated with the success of franchise owners, and so that is why we do go above and beyond in providing that support. We started as a you know, a very close-knit, family-driven um, organization. Culture was very important to us, and, and we maintain that, uh, and, and we will continue to maintain that uh, as our as our main philosophy. So, the uh, you know the trainings that we provide uh, are very in-depth, and um, and we you know we are very uh, approachable at all times, not just you know our, our people out in the field, but also our, our team up here. Um, you know, I, I uh, every franchise owner has, has my cell phone number and they're happy to call me if, if there's anything I can assist them with. Same with our, um, the rest of our operations team. Um, our, uh, uh, director of uh, curriculum as well is, is very, um, engaged, uh, with our franchise owners so that we can obtain the feedback and, um, and, and find out where we might need to offer a little bit more assistance or or an area that they may be uh, not uh, as as proficient in we can we can jump in there before it becomes an issue and and help them out so um you know we we provide a, a minimum of you know a visit every quarter as well as um uh, you know visiting the centers as, as much as possible uh from um, an operation standpoint just to you know, not just on the quality assurance uh, side, which is which is important. We we want the brand to be well represented, and we want to help uh, our owners to be success, as successful as possible. But also to solicit that feedback and to see what is going on, and uh, to see if there are areas that we can improve upon. Um, you know, I feel like constant improvement is is one of our uh, dedications as well. We are uh, have been a member of the um, International Franchise Association for um, over 10 years, and, and we attend many events uh, with them each year so that we can learn best practices and uh, any way any any new products or any new procedures to help our owners um, not just uh, you know being as, as financially profitable as they can, but also providing the best customer experience that they can to their uh, their parents and their, their children. Mike, one last question about your franchisees and your territories. Um, do you have any multiple unit opportunities or are each of your locations uh, singularly owned and operated? 
We actually have about uh, it's it's over a third of our locations are um, multi-unit owners. Um, we have an incredible uh, team of owners that really is uh, you know again kind of a close-knit group, which um, you know is one of our big cultural philosophies. So uh, we have our owners uh, conference every single year where owners can can collaborate and, and share new ideas but then we also encourage um, uh, you know owners to to reach out to each other and and um, and, and you know field questions and and share ideas um, a lot of them will, will cross market um, so there are um, you know several franchise owners that uh, that are those mentors and, and many of them are the ones that own uh, you know two and three or, or more locations we do have one franchise owner that has uh, four locations, um, is working on the fifth location, and has a, has a sixth location that, that will be going uh, start, starting on uh, fairly soon. So, um, you know, we're we're very um, proud of our, our franchise owners. They have um, really really uh, made the brand what it is today. Michael, there was uh, some great information. How would our listeners learn more uh, about the franchise opportunity with Children's Lighthouse, and are there any upcoming shows or, or expos uh, that you'll be at? We, Yeah, we do attend um, several expos a year. We have uh, several markets that we look to target, um, some of those being the uh, floor, uh, markets in Florida, Tampa, Florida, Orlando, Florida, uh, as well as Denver, Colorado. Um, so shows that we can go to that will give us um, exposure to uh, put, you know potential franchise owners in that area, um, as well as you know please visit our website um, childrenslighthouse.com and childrenslighthousefranchise.com. Um, we'd love for you to um, to uh, go through our our uh, informational process of, of learning about who we are and um, provide any information that we can. Um, and at this time, we have 49 operating locations uh, in uh, seven different states, uh, Texas being the, the largest. We've got um, several in Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, uh, San Antonio, and the, and the Austin area. But we are also in uh, North Carolina and Florida, California, uh, and uh, various other states that um, we're, you know, definitely uh, looking to to uh, advance our our brand in. Great, I really appreciate you being our guest today. Um, a lot of great information. If you haven't already seen Children's Lighthouse location, I highly recommend. You uh, you driving by because they really are quite impressive and uh, and enticing and I'm sure uh, children of all ages love it. But from an investment opportunity, it looks like it's a, a real neat investment. Um, meticulous grounds, very clean, um, great information. Go on their website as Michael had suggested. Michael, really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Our pleasure, Michael. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Well, Stan, uh, a lot of great information, so many different brands. Uh, I love the children's story. I love how they're focusing on technology, uh, a lot of good values there uh, as well. 
You know, next week we have um, uh, an emerging brand, uh, actually the one that's on a, a fairly quick uh, growth mode right now. It'll be Chris Fisher, who's the uh, president and co-founder of Shine Franchise Group out of Austin, Texas. Uh, window cleaning, holiday lights, uh, pressure washing, uh, really a, um, a, a growing brand right now. Sounds like they've got the basis covered, too, for seasonality, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, there's too many brands that I see, uh, and you as well. You know, they've got a great model uh, for nine months out of the year, and then what do they do for the next three months? I mean, besides not having revenue come in, you lose some pretty good employees uh, during mm-hmm. the period who need to work the entire year, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, that's that sounds like it's going to be an interesting interview. I'm looking forward to that one. And I want to make certain we don't let the hour go by without thanking Stacy Brown for last week's interview. We had a pair of Browns back-to-back, Paul. Um, yep. Much different interviews, much different concepts, but um, two enlightening um, interviews with, with uh, two fabulous guests. So thanks again to Chicken Salad Chick and to Stacy Brown for uh, appearing with us last week. Should have brought that up on the front of the hour, but it just occurred to me that we didn't do it, and I didn't want to let that get by us. Sure, absolutely. Uh, yep, we have a Brown Brown Fisher. Actually, sounds like a law firm, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably a better law firm than than Segreto and Friedman or Friedman and Segreto. Uh, <laughs> kidding aside, yeah, gonna... was, I mean, it was really a wonderful interview last week. A very heartwarming. Got a lot of responses about it. I mean, just total transparency in that hour last week. Um, really, even hard to uh, to go back and listen to it. Uh, actually, a couple of times, which I rarely do. Uh, that many listens uh, after a show because it's usually so fresh in our mind. I listen to it. Uh, twice. Uh, great stuff. And of course, uh, that uh, segment, as well as all of our segments, are available on iTunes. Uh, just look up Franchise Today. And of course, on Blog Talk Radio, that's blogtalkradio.com slash Franchise Today. We've been expanding our presence on Twitter, hashtag Franchise Today. You'll be able to find links to uh, our shows there. Uh, look on Facebook. Uh, Franchise Today has a vibrant uh, Facebook page, and of course on the uh, Franchise Foundries blog, which is blog, which is franchiseessentials.com. Look for the tab uh, Franchise Today. Uh, you'll see everything about uh, you and I, Stan, and some great pictures. Uh, of course, uh, sponsor information <laughs> there too, and also on our blog, we've been uh, promoting the show and uh, really looking to take Franchise Today to a new level. And of course, that couldn't be done without you, uh, without me, and, of course, our very, very loyal listenership. Until next week, my name is Paul Segretta wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing we call franchising and franchise today. (laughs) Franchise pros, stand the man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way. 
a franchise in today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Wanna lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes that pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire From a single to a multi-unit empire Well pay attention to this podcast that you hear It's streaming in HD So fine tune both your ears And standing Paul lays down the law Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor It's all about sustainable growth The sensible franchising Proving concepts to start enterprises So use your left and right side of your brain And absorb this knowledge here Franchising today Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today.